0: Welcome into UGA Football Live with JC Shelton, where the dogs come to talk. Welcome in, y'all. UGA Football Live with JC Shelton. Auburn Week, right? Deep South's oldest rivalry. Georgia will take on Auburn on Saturday. 3:30 kick on CBS. Uh, and it's on the road. Georgia's first road test. Uh, we actually had our live show earlier this week. And I'm going to play a segment for that to end the show here uh, with the former Georgia Bulldog tied in Arthur Lynch. We do that every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we have the links for those shows on our social media, UJFootballLive on Twitter. Myself, J.C. Shelton underscore. You can find that there also on Facebook, Instagram. We'll have the link on our profile there as well, UJFootballLive. So if you can, be sure to check that out. Uh, me and Artie, we do a long Preview, as well, give our thoughts on the season as a whole, offense, defense, all things dogs. We talk about college football as well, and the big game, big matchups, postseason implications each week. Uh, So we break that down there. But I wanted to jump in and tell a couple stories here about this matchup, right? Uh, So Georgia has had Auburn's number recently, of course. Um, And Hugh Freeze's first season here for Auburn. I wanted to to touch on a story uh, that Aaron Murray shared with the Players Lounge this week. Um, And if you don't know about it, it's you should. This is very one of my favorite stories. And I bring it up every year we play Auburn. Uh, But basically, so Auburn and Georgia played. And uh, in 2010, Ben Jones, former Georgia center, Aaron Murray, the quarterback there. um, And Nick Fairley, uh, everybody remembers that game, a couple of games, Nick Fairley took some cheap shots on Aaron, but this one in particular Uh, He landed on Murray, and, you know, Nick Fairley's a huge guy, right? He's like 6'5", 330-plus, whatever, when he was playing for Auburn. Um, He landed on Murray, shoved him into the ground. Murray couldn't feel his whole left side uh, when he went back to the huddle. And he goes back to the huddle, you know, in pain. Like I said, he couldn't feel his left side. And Ben Jones is there, the center, and a mauler, Ben Jones was, and he he still was that in the NFL for a long time. But Jones had – dreadlocks in his hands he had ripped the dreadlocks out of a middle linebackers head during the play and he actually asked Murray hey hey you know I have some dreads for you and Murray's like well I'm trying to play I'm trying to call the play right he's got a job to do um even though he's, he's hurting over there and Jones had dreadlocks in his hands and Murray had to tell him you know that's that's it was fairly that hurt me not the middle linebackers so Jones shoves the dreadlocks in his pants plays the rest of the game, fortunately a loss for Georgia, and then hangs the dreadlocks on the on the ceiling of the living room. And I think he was rooming with Aaron and Travaris King, friend of the show, um, at the time. So they, they were hanging from that living room ceiling for for a bit. Uh so I, I always love that story. It really speaks to this rivalry, you know, it's a physical game. It's going to be a physical game on Saturday. And, you know, George's first road test, like I said, Carson Beck's first SEC start. Um, and I'm definitely going to include a segment at the end of this here going into uh, this game with our live show with Arthur Lynch. He tells us, you know, what it's like playing in Jordan-Hare Stadium on the road in, in such a rowdy environment. Um, the tent is going to be high, right, because this is Hugh Freeze's chance to really set his his tenure at Auburn off right. Um, you know, the 3-1 coming off a loss of losses, Texas A&M last week, offense isn't really moving. I mean, Hugh Freeze will probably get that working here in a, in a season or two with, with his regimen and how he's performed in the past with SEC offenses, but it's not that way right now. But that defense is tough. They're going to play Georgia tough. That, that crowd, like I said, is going to be a big part of this in the first part of the game. Can Georgia overcome that? Um, how does Carson Beck perform uh, at the beginning of this game with the crowd and the noise they're going to have to face as his first road start of his career, how is that offense going to uh, perform with their nonverbal cues? Um, Do they get that off well? Um, Is there there some miscues early with that? Because I think it's really big for Georgia to get out early in this game, take the crowd out of it, um, and and get working and have that crowd leave in the third quarter. That would be the perfect storm for Georgia. Um, It's a 14-point line, actually moved from 16 and a half when Artie and I recorded on Tuesday night. Um, So a lot of people taking Auburn in this. Um, I I like the dogs here, and I'll include the segment when Artie and I give our predictions as well, Uh, but I wanted to share that story and give you a couple of updates as well uh, beyond just those Tuesday information that we had to go off of, especially injuries here. Lab McConkie's been back practicing. Um, More came out at the end of our segment on Tuesday night from Kirby Smart. Not giving us much, you know, how Kirby is Um, kind of a hopeful to play kind of thing, but now, McConkie just got back to practice this week. I don't see him going, just my guess. Um, Javon Bullard told the players on this week that his ankle is feeling better, much better, and he's going to be back sooner rather than later, sooner than as, as expected, I should say. Um, so am not sure if he'll play, but that is good news, and that, hey, he's a very, very big piece of this Georgia defense. Who The secondary has played well without him, uh, but can they do that moving forward when, as the schedule gets tougher? You know, the, the really the, the offseason hype we all – heard about it was how pitiful quote quote Georgia's schedule was this year but and we talked about it in the offseason that can change in a week or two right because it's the beginning of the season on how teams are going to play um obviously unranked opponents become ranked opponents and that's where George is right now read a stat today that George is actually tied for second with the most ranked matchups ahead currently um obviously we know Florida Tennessee up there in 2022 I think, is the rankings for at 22, Tennessee to 21. Um, Missouri is also ranked. Kentucky also ranked. Um, so this is going to be interesting. The rest of Georgia's schedule, tough schedule in the SEC, I, in my, my opinion. Uh, I think Florida, Kentucky, Missouri, those are really physical teams. Tennessee, not as physical, but, of course, they have that offense, that high-flying offense, and it's at Neyland Stadium, right? So something to look out for. And so that's why I think this big game here Saturday – might not jump out on the stat sheet. You know, he's a, a two-touchdown favorite, so um, it's not as close as you think it might have been in the years past as far as the spread here. Um, I think, really, Georgia has to make a statement here, um, and I think it's big for Carson Beck to get confidence, his offense get confidence, as well as the defense, it's missing a couple of guys. Uh, but I think they play well, and I'll leave that prediction um, for the end of Artie and I's segment I'm about to play here in a moment. Uh, make sure to check out that live show. We appreciate you guys uh, viewing that on YouTube, the Pulse Sports Network, as well as listening, wherever you get your podcasts, as always. So I'll throw it to us, uh, Artie and I, next for a little clip of our live show. Artie talking about plan at Auburn and Jordan-Hare in that SEC road environment and what difficulties Georgia may face in that. One before we get into the numbers, I want to throw it to you already again and let's talk about. You know, we need to use this from you a little bit more, I think, in these shows and get the most out of you, uh, use you to the fullest here. Um, I got you, man. Take us through playing on the road. I know you played in that stadium, you know, maybe take us through anything that stands out, whether it be the locker room situation, you know, how they set up the the field and what where they point you guys to go for your warmups and what have you. Um the crowd obviously, it's one of the hardest places to play in the SEC. Rowdy guys. It's in Alabama, they have nothing be- else better to do. Uh let us know already what that is going to be like for these guys going into a game where this would make Auburn season to upset Georgia and he would put Hugh Freeze on a path to keep his job at least a little longer. Um, bar none.
1: Yeah, totally. And I think you hit the, you hit the nail on the head is anytime minus one school. And I think we can all, uh, figure out what school that is. Every single university that is part of the sec, their stadium atmosphere on a game day, when things are feeling right, it's a tough, they, each place is tough to play. Right. It's just that's just the way it is. At Auburn, their their visitors locker room actually isn't that bad. Some are there are, are locker rooms across the league that are horrendous. Tennessee is one of them. I hate Tennessee through and through. It's just like it is <laughs> What's what about it, it, it is. It's just small. There's like the bathroom is a dump. Um, there's really no like showers to like stalls, no bathroom stalls. Everything's crammed. There's no place to sit. It's just kind of a mess. And the state, anyway, I can go on for days about how (laughs) Tennessee is a tough place to play. But when you're thinking about Auburn, right, and you're thinking about playing at any one of these stadiums in an away game, the best thing that you possibly can do is start fast and take the crowd out of the game, right? Two stories at Auburn because of the realignment back in 2012 and 13, we had to play at Auburn two years in a row in 2012. We beat them up. I think we beat them 38, nothing. And then the next year was the infamous Bobble Hail Mary that. Yeah. So, but tale of, tale of two teams, right? We go into that and granted, we were a very good team in 2012. Obviously it's well-documented. Auburn was not that good that year. Uh, It was the, it was two years after their national championship year, but long story short, we go into that game. It's a night game, 2012, crowds roaring. Everyone's going nuts. We're ranked, I think, third in the country, fourth in the country. They want to upset up. So not too dissimilar to what we're doing right now. Right. We go in that, we go into that stadium and without hesitation, we're up and down the field scoring, right? It's 7 nothing. Todd Gurley runs – Todd Gurley, Keith Marshall, Tavares King. I, we, we were all making plays, and I think the stadium was half empty at halftime. We won 38-0, right? But we took the atmosphere right out from under them, right? And we never let them get momentum behind them from their home crowd, right? Right? Conversely, right, a year later, different scenario. Obviously, Auburn was playing for a lot more, but it was a 330 game, much like this one. It was so loud, so loud at the kickoff. We could not, if you go back to the game film, you can ask Aaron Murray about it. We're we're trying to we are trying to just we're in gun and we're just trying to get the handoffs and snap the ball and we could not move for the first three drives because none of us could hear the snap and every time we would basically turn our heads to look at the head bob to make sure we get it I had D Ford just humming past me and I'm just like
0: dude he was well, a mammoth too
1: mammoth and so and, and obviously. We, we ended up finishing the first half pretty strong and we took the we ended up taking the, the crowd out from under them ending the first half obviously the rest is history we know what happens but if you think about that I get it every scenario is different you know if they're undefeated they're playing for a championship what have you but at the end of the day these crowds can make a huge difference a huge difference another uh, 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 another instance uh, when we were playing Auburn, but home, Bakari Rambo, 2011, pick six. We were kind of in a battle for, I think it was like a 14-7 game or 21-7 game. Rambo picks the ball off and pick six hit into the end zone in Sanford Stadium. And all of a sudden we have the crowd it, like screaming bloody murder because we just got to pick six. And you're, you're and next thing you know, Auburn just kind of lays down. And we ended up beating them by 30 or 20 or something. So when you think about like home field advantage or playing – at a hostile environment, there's so many things that that crowd can do to get you off your game. It's very easy to say, "Hey, these guys, the SEC the players, they should be able to handle it." Blase, blase, totally get it. And there are there are co- uh, contingencies in place for us to be able to handle the crowd noise. But but when you got a Genevion Clowney or a D Ford or a Eric Berry lined up alongside or Vaughn Miller uh, across from you. And you can't even hear yourself think, and you're trying to see if we're running a hot audible or if we're switching to a zone, or if it's, if we're switching to play at line of scrimmage, they can go haywire. So my piece of advice for Carson Beck and the offense, start fast, start strong, take the crowd out of the game as soon as possible and make sure they're those student section is emptying out and going to the bars at halftime and not mm-hmm. going for refills and going back to their seats because it's a close game going into the second half.
0: Yeah, oh, I love that, dude. I love those stories. That is perfect, man. Guys, that is that is really, really good assessment from a guy who did it to just give you an idea. And I love that just hearing that from you already. Tell us a little bit about that because we're not there. You know, We don't have that experience, so that's really awesome to hear. Uh, speaking of bars, it is a 330 kick, so they're not, not going to be that sauced up. For this one, maybe that's an advantage for Georgia. But as far as playing in that, you know, that really made me think, and it's it puts something in my head that I haven't thought of until we just got on this call. Is uh, my assessment of this game is you know, this obviously is the first road game for Georgia. Beyond that, it's it's Carson Beck's first road game in a, in a hostile envir- in an environment. He's played on the road at times, but it's been in garbage time when the crowd's already out of the game. How does he respond? How do those silent count? How do those cues go with him, the offensive linemen, the receivers and such, the running backs? You know, is it efficient enough to really get up on that team early? That'll be something to watch out for, something I'll be closely watching for. Um, Before we get into numbers, let's go injury report really quick. I'm going to give two updates on uh, really important guys. Lab McConkie, we haven't seen this season yet, dealing with a nagging back. I heard him a little bit last year, was able to play through it. They're holding him out of precaution. I think it was worse than last year, just based on how Kirby Smarts talked about it um, and how he was actually shut down from participating the last two weeks, which we just found out about this week. Kirby was actually asked about that tonight. And I'll give you a quote here. Quote, I don't know. He did some things. He ran routes. I saw him some, but I didn't get to see him enough to really judge. And I just want to watch the tape. Smarts said, we're just trying to uh, progress him back slowly, whether it's this week in a role or in the future. I'm not trying to rush him back. Guys, it doesn't sound like he's going to play. You look back at George Pickens and A.D. A- Mitchell. They were ready before they ended up coming back. I don't. I, I really see this as a later in the season, maybe Georgia Tech kind of thing for Lad McConkie. That's just my guess. Of course, we've seen guys come back earlier. No one knew they were to come back and such, but that's just my guess from knowing this team and Kirby Smart. Um, Javon Bullard actually told the player's lounge this week. I wrote a story on it earlier. If you want guys want to check it out, the player's lounge, go to the Georgia page. It's up there. Um, so he actually told us that his ankle was doing a lot better. Um, and he actually is expected to return, uh, sooner rather than later. Um, he thinks he'll be, he'll be ready. Um, so whether that's this week or next week, not sure. That's what he gave us. Uh, so that's what I wanted to pass along to you guys. Something to note, you know, Georgia's injury list, the longest, that uh, Kirby Smart has seen in his tenure um, and the longest Ron Corson. And I misspoke last week saying, Claude Felt, it's Ron Corson who's the the um, head of the medical staff. I misspoke. I realized that after I jumped off the call. Uh, but he's been there for a long time. And he said it was the longest injury report George has had. I think that it has affected him. I think it's notable to really uh, keep a mind out for these things and these players that could come back in the future and the guys are not going to have for this week. Um, so I think, you know, when you think about this game, and Auburn, right? They have wins over Sanford, Cal, and Mass. You know, not, not the level of opponent that they're gonna be facing this week, not the level of opponent they they, they faced last week in Texas AM. Uh, I was watching that game pretty closely in preparation. Twenty seven to ten loss at AM. Tough place to place to play. I get it. It's a noon kick though. Um only touchdown scored was a fumble recovery. So that offense still has a lot of work to do under who, who frees. Do I think he'll be able to do it in the future? Sure. Uh, I think they're going to be winning games here in the future with their offense. But right now it's that defense that's going to give Georgia trouble. I don't think the offense will. Um, before I move that defense, I do want to note a couple of offensive things here. Passing game is really what holding them back 173 yards per game. Um, really down there in the rankings. Peyton Thorne has struggled. The transfer wouldn't be surprised if we saw a lot of Robbie Ashford this game. I think they're better as really, I mean, uh Artie, you could speak to this as well. Maybe maybe even a triple option kind of thing. You know, old school Auburn, not old school, but when you were playing Auburn in the day, maybe something like that from a gun with Robbie Ashford as a running back and as a rushing quarterback. Because, I mean, they have Jarquez Hunter, who's a tough running back, really talented. Um, Maybe that opens up for him a little bit more if they use Robbie Ashford. But I, I just don't think Thorne's going to really be able to do much against this number one ranked Georgia passing defense minus their best player in Bullard. Right. They haven't had them a couple games and they're still right there in passing defense. Um, defense is tough. Like I said, 167 yard passing allowed per game. One of the tops in the SEC. Haven't been as tough against the run. You know, that's where AM got them last week in their first SEC game, 134 allowed per game up to that point, 209 to AM. Um, I do like linebacker Eugene Asante, got 20 stops, two sacks this season, somebody to watch out for. Um, already first thoughts on this game. Let's we can go ahead and jump in predictions, add anything you'd like, and we'll end it with your predictions. Uh, I'll, I'll note the line is Georgia minus 16 and a half right now over under 46.
1: Yeah. So, I, you know, he obviously has an interesting history, Hugh Freeze, but, he, but a successful one as a football coach. Um, he really was the first one to get all missed up and running in a lot in my lifetime, at least, at least my lifetime of, of really watching college football. So he is a very capable coach and I think he's a hell of a recruiter. I think he's showing that. So I think in the years to come, Auburn is actually going to be in very good hands. But with that being said, I just don't, um, I don't necessarily think that they have the depth um, t- to, to really go, you know, toe to toe with an SEC or real SEC opponent, right? A for all of their flaws, they have a ton of talent and they have a ton of depth and, you know, but they're not, they're not a, a, a very well-oiled machine. They still ha- handily beat them. Um, I spoke with, spoke with somebody who's kind of an Auburn donor, um, knows the team very well, uh, knows the coaching staff very well, spent time with the coaching staff and, and, I, they even said they're like, you know, our guys play hard, and you can see that. They went out to Cal and beat Cal in like a 14-10 a game, and so I think he has the team believing. But the coaching staff themselves, based off the person that I spoke with, they just don't have the guys right now. And when when it's it's very tough to play a team like Georgia, no matter how emotionally charged you are, no matter no matter what the atmosphere is like. If you just don't have the depth and the weapons to go toe to toe with a team like Georgia, it's very hard to, to, to compete. So I think Georgia is going to play very well. Uh, I think it'll probably be a little bit back and forth for probably one quarter. And then I think things just start rolling in Georgia's favor about halfway through the second. And then it's probably around 21, seven going to the half. And then it ends up being about, my guess is 38, 14 or 44-14, something like that. So I, I think Georgia wins big, um, but I do think the first quarter probably looks a little bit more competitive than than people would like, and I think that will probably have to do with what Hugh Freeze can do from a play-calling perspective, off the script, and then ultimately just kind of the atmosphere that is, um, you know, Auburn.
0: Yeah. Um, so you said 38-10. What did you say? 38-14?
1: I think it's going to be like 44, 14. I bet you like twenty one. So you're like Georgia to, cover,
0: Georgia to cover. George to cover and What's the, the over. spread. Uh, spread 16 and a half and the over-under is 46 and a half. Yeah. I like so you got that. them. Yeah. You got them covering. It's and only over.
1: 16 and a half.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I think I think Vegas is really banking on this SEC row game for Carson yeah. Beck. You know, the way he performed in UT Martin in his first game. This is basically his first game kind of over again. Obviously not. You know specifically, yeah, yeah. but that makes know, sense. You know, um, that's just my guess. But yeah. you know, for me, I, I think a few things will happen. I, I think you're going to see Georgia not respect these receivers at all. I don't think they're going to respect the passing game at all. Um, I think they're going to mix up their coverages really. I think they're going to get a pick, maybe two. You know, uh, Thorne, if they keep him in, let him pass. He's thrown three, three picks to four interceptions. I mean, three picks to four touchdowns this year already. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Georgia leads the. SEC and interceptions, I think they get a pick in this game or two. Um, and I think that respect that they don't give to the receivers really forces them to run the ball, which Georgia is is so good at doing. But I do think you see those rush yards start to pile up in the in the second half for Auburn because that's really what they're gonna be able to do at uh, the only thing. Um, and I see this offense for George I, I see I, I think I see a slow start here, man. I'm not gonna lie. I think the nerves a little bit, maybe for Carson. Again I, I think he gets over it I think the Georgia offense gets over it establishes that run game eventually. Um, so I, I do like your your thought about the first quarter battle maybe maybe first half battle uh, but then I think Georgia pulls away like you said they don't have the guys. so I like 30 to 10 Georgia I'll take the under and I'll take uh I'll take Georgia to cover by three and a half so like 30 to 10 in this game. Guys, it's been great. Arthur, thanks again for joining us here, trying to get this up and running. Hopefully we'll get on uh, in, in people's routine. Maybe join us on uh, Tuesday nights at 8 Eastern the rest of the season. We love doing it. Uh, well, we'll post this in a different format on the YouTube channel in case you missed. I'll add some things into it, maybe another segment from myself. i also go off on Spotify and Apple if you miss it there. You can listen every week, UJ Football Live on Twitter, um, UGA Wire, I have words there. Also, editor for the Players Lounge. Um, Making sure to check us out. Original content each week. Arthur, it's been great, man. Have a good night. Um, Also, one thing I want to leave you with go Braves and go Dogs.
1: Go Dogs.